Hi, hello, welcome to Oriji's podcast. My name is Kevil Bora, and uh, okay, so today we've got a great guest. We've got Angshuman Ghosh. Uh, he is the director of your favorite stuff. That is Kaksha Gyarvi. That is Hux's single. That is Awake and Bake. Most interesting person in the room. Don't tell Amma. Improv All Stars. Comic Stan. Ladies Up, and just the list goes on. He also directed Coke Studio, by the way. So today in this episode, we talk about comedy, music, and just so much more. Uh, I request you to hang around. You will have a good time. And also, if you're not into the geeky stuff which I'm talking about, you can still have a good insights about the favorite stuff which you like, which I just spoke about. Okay, uh, yeah, give it a listen. Also, 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 uh, please wear your phones or headphones because uh, this is on Zoom, right? So the audio quality might not be the best, but you'll have a good time. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye bye. Cue music. Okay, so three, two, one. All right. Uh, hello, uh, hello, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi, sir. WhatsApp conversation. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So to everyone who doesn't uh, know the Amshuman Ghosh, actually, title me likha to ho gaye director of Success Engine. <laughs> but still, I'll uh, read the resume. It's quite a bit long. You directed Coke Studio. You directed. MTV Unplugged. You directed Huxley Single. That's one of the biggest popular things on uh, in Earth, Earth right now. Then there's Improvisers, Improv All Stars, Kaksha Gyarvi, Comedians of the World, Comics on Season One, One Mic Stand, Don't Tell Amma, Rohan Joshi We Can Bake, which is also very funny. Ladies Up, and now the newest thing is coming out is Most Interesting Person in the Room. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so you got into this, but how long have you been in this? Like 10, 10 12 years, right? Yeah, about uh, th- I'm on my thirteenth year, I think, or fourteenth. Yeah, thirteenth year. Wow, fourteenth yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you, it's, but, uh, okay, I. Yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so I I noticed that you majorly do nonfiction. Yes. Why is that? Um. That's a very good question. Um, when I went to film school, actually, I was trained as a director, and I worked as a director. But I tried a lot of different things, and I used to also do radio, and I also used to do television. And you know, I, I studied a little bit of multi-camera, and we we worked on you know uh, sketch comedy. We worked on all kinds of different pro- projects, and uh, hmm. I did fiction. Um, and obviously, every director wants to be a fiction director. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, I loved actually. I think it came from. Uh, I love shooting music, and I loved, you know, I uh, loved working with musicians. And shooting music kind of came naturally to me. And when I started doing it, you know, it just kind of grew from there. And uh, uh, and I used to work in kids' television. I've worked in documentary films, and I started off with documentary wow. filmmakers. So I actually, uh, so I think it all kind of, you know, stems from documentaries and kind of wanting to do that kind of work. Not saying no, yes. I don't want to do fiction ever. Uh, it's just that the path that I've been on for the last, you know, decade or so has been non-fiction, and it's been exciting and it's been great. So I've not, you know. But you also have a great chance to do fiction. I mean, every comic is writing, in, and also you are with OML, right? So every comic is almost just paired to OML, and every comic is writing their own shows. Have you yeah. ever tried so, with that? Chacha, I actually don't. Chacha, I actually don't. What's the problem? 
why am I uh, why am I forget uh, Naveen Richards special? Sorry. Oh yes, 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 and, a new one coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Naveen Richards special, I think, came out already, and it's a it's a lovely mm. special. And essentially, you know, they they also ended up doing that, but they ended up actually shooting more shows uh, and taking some acts, some some acts from different shows, and then uh, putting that whole special together. So it was a nice format, and it was a nice exploration of that. Adam Sandler obviously is a comedic thing, genius yeah. and he's done amazing work and um uh, over you know decades and decades he's done amazing work and for him to have gone out uh, for i think you were i mean for him to go out and shoot every single gig uh, and to be able to present something new from every single gig is a very cool thing um, exactly yeah it's a very cool thing but uh, you know there's also you know the financial side of things the cost of exactly uh, i was, I was coming to that the budget increases too much yeah yeah so if you're going to be doing a shoot like that man and, and if you're going to be doing multiple shows like that you'll have to have a very you know strong core team that shoots multiple shows and you're trying to then you know maintain an aesthetic you're trying to maintain a standard throughout all of the shows so they all look you know in the same family and then they cut really nicely together um and or it's like you know you embrace that they are very different venues they're very different spaces they're very different audiences uh, and mm-hmm. as a result a very different performance so then you embrace that and then you kind of visually do something slightly different uh, you have a slightly different treatment you frame differently or you you know have different backgrounds or you have different colors in your uh, uh, frames and you know now what we're finding is like even i mean stand up in india is very new stand up comedy is very new in india relatively but it's going exponentially now yeah yeah it's amazing i mean uh, thankfully uh, i have a job and a career and you know all those lovely yeah. credits <laughs> credits that you that you uh, mentioned you know are as a, as a result of that and you know we're very grateful for that um but what we're seeing now is like more and more people comedians uh, directors creatives kind of play with the form of indian stand up you know in the in the exactly, first few right. years everyone was trying to be safe and you shoot it in a very safe way you know you present your content in a very safe way we're seeing that sort of evolve and people are starting to play with their formats and you know i'm lucky to work with some of you know the best comedians in india exactly. who are doing that um in their own way so i'm you know very glad for that yeah you know i once like i've gone stand up twice you know, like and the first one which i did was in uh, uh, school it was a camp and i performed there and it was kenny's act <laughs> complete kenny's act pura rectified i did and i came on kevin second uh, kind of bomb but still kevin second so kenny and zakir and uh, i don't know why i'm taking first names but kenny sebastian and zakir khan and tanmay but and everyone these guys just started out and now it's just the third second generation has start already coming because of comics and now now i think yes, season 3 we are at so it will grow more yes absolutely i mean uh, there's huge uh, i mean there's uh, huge potential um, and you know and it's it's a it's a storytelling format i think that's very you know uh, uh, natural to indians to all of us you know no matter which part of india we're from what language we're doing our uh, special in Yeah, we you know we have a history of telling stories. We have a history of folk tale, folklore, um, and this all kind of stems from that. Where you know we've as a culture, as a country, we've kind of naturally gravitated towards uh, this art form, and it's easy to do exactly. as well. You know, anyone can write and say something nowadays. It's very easy to broadcast yourself, broadcast your views. It's very easy to go and do a show and bomb, but then still get up and then do another show after that because that's actually a very important thing to do. 
Um, mm-hmm. That's that's how you learn. Are you uh, are you planning on? Uh, I mean, are you doing online shows now? I mean, uh, how do you? As I mean, guy- actually, I'm not a professional stand-up comic. I wanted to try. I, I recently wrote uh, some funny material, which I'm right now confident to go up on stage with. But now, so there's this chance is gone. I recently Mr. Akash Mehta about this. I said, "Ki I have some material now. Do you think the stages would open after a month or two? He says, "No chance. Until the end of the year, kuch nahi hoga." Yeah. Open mics to guys. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the so, uh, that's the unfortunate reality of where we are, I guess. Ah, let's see. But right now, we also have multiple things to do because I right now everyone's free. So everyone is just has this urge to broadcast their opinions, and some people are doing the right thing, and some people are not. And the people who are doing right way are just kind of exponentially growing bigger. And everyone is a social media influencer, so the opportunities are growing. But the live shows again. I wanted to ask this question now. After this, the doctors also. Uh, the recently I had a talk with a doctor that he says the world will never be the same, and uh, it's just. Tough now. How do you think now? How the comedy and music scene will evolve? Um, that's a very good question. Um, we we will have to learn that along the way. Um, and you know, because no one's kind of experienced sure, it on the no. planet. I don't think. Yeah, no one's experienced it. But people, I mean, it's a time to then innovate in that sense. I mean, if we're living with this reality where we're not seeing live performances, we're not seeing live acts, we're not seeing staged concerts or. uh you know stand up uh, live stand up then mm. something will have to evolve uh and exactly where you know everyone will have to evolve and figure out something new uh to be able to do in the next uh 2 or 3 years and eventually it will come back it will change the way you know we do everything in life absolutely um yeah but I mean, it will come back hopefully yeah i mean yeah. there are so many vaccines coming out now and uh, i think so one year May uh, we'll get the proper vaccine and things will go back to normal. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, <laughs> I think I mean I, at at this point, I mean I do, I don't uh, you know very honestly, if I have to share my thoughts on those this this particular thing. Um, yeah. I don't think we are uh, uh, you know that's the hope that I think the world and you know the media. is saying that oh yes in 18 months we will get a vaccine in 12 months we we'll have a vaccine <laughs> end of this uh, year we'll have a vaccine uh, you know history has shown that vaccines take time um, of getting course. a vaccine done takes time there's a lot of trial and error with vaccines it's amazing that uh, i mean say say this only happened say sars had happened uh, uh, or this was something as contained as sars um mm. in only a few countries but it was as you know i guess lethal or you know as uh, uh, concentrated um there was only one country so obviously there wasn't enough research into vaccines and things like that that was happening as fast now you got the whole world pretty much every single country has some sort of uh, you know yes. vaccine research program in progress so we would we would hope that you know the human race is smart and uh, is amazing it evolves faster it evolves out it evolves fast i mean it figures figures out a solution to this fast but you know the the realist in me would say that you know never say never and just uh, just now we just have to take it one step at a time and see see what's yeah. the future holds all you can yeah. do is hope right now yeah yeah 
hope so, innovate find new ways to tell stories uh, if that's what your thing is uh, find new ways to live find new ways to you know be humans with each other uh, because you know we're living through technology at yeah. the moment yeah okay so i had this question and this is the question which i was dying to ask you what happens on the set what does a director do on something like a special like do you tamper with the set yes in fact um there's a lot of work that goes on that you know that people maybe don't realize is that you usually start work on a special maybe about uh, i mean the initial first round conversations will probably start about 3 months before we do go to the taping maybe sometimes 4 months sometimes 6 months depending on the okay, so you don't like don't to get to tour with the act um no we don't have to but what we end up doing is uh, you know i go to a lot of shows so we see at least uh, uh one or two shows live and then we right. try and see we get a bunch of recordings from a bunch of different shows so you know if we if if say i'm working with uh, one of the uh, comedians for say 6 months um they are then over those 6 months also sharing their acts with me you know they're sharing their uh, they're sharing the progress that they're making and i'm seeing them sculpt their content because for the time mm-hmm. they reach taping like i know that uh, kenny some uh, something he just dropped his trailer and he wrote that in his trailer where he took 3 years to get to this point where he felt like okay this material is good enough for him to want to share as a special um right. it's 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 the same thing for all of these guys you know they do uh, hundreds of shows they, you know all just over, yeah. to, all over the world just to hone it and see how it works and when they're performing these shows all around the world they're getting a perspective of the audiences as well uh, all around the world so they're able to even shape their content a little bit so it speaks to more and more people in certain ways or certain jokes or certain setups are built around certain situations which are relatable to their uh, uh, societies as well and that's really yeah. what they're learning when they're you know going to a middle east to different audiences an indian audience with a different audience in india it's a different audience across india and in different regions of india they react to things differently yeah so and so even for the comedians it's actually they 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 spend a lot of time trying to figure out hey where am i going to shoot this like which city do i want to do this in why uh, why do you why do i want to do it in this city and you know when it basically comes out where people are uh, evolved enough to understand this and also like the person like the artist in this it like people generally prefer bangalore and mumbai because uh, everyone's in everyone's in comedy now over here and these guys have great crowds yeah they have a they have a very evolved audience that's you know excited about comedy they're accepting of a lot of forms of comedy so they kind of and because i think these two cities uh, delhi as well actually uh, you know to to oh, delhi uh, well, yeah, yeah yeah um they, you know they have great uh, audiences in that sense that appreciate all kind of different genres of comedy uh, different genres of stand up so it's kind of really cool to you know see that kind of happening and you know the smaller cities as well you know i was uh, uh, i had gone to i had gone with zakir uh, for kakshta gallery hmm. we had gone um to i forgotten which city uh, but it was a small city it was actually a very hmm. small city but it's zakir bhai and because it's zakir right it you know he had 2000 people there <laughs> and uh, wow and and he was doing <laughs> some yeah, i mean it's zakir bhai so uh everywhere he goes he sells out so it's it's incredible actually to see that wow. the support that he has yeah um 2000 people is a big deal i yeah and uh, but it was a small city and but it was like the talk of the town it was a big deal in the city and uh, you know it was a great 
sort of uh, you know I, I got to see him with this audience as well and seeing how you know um, these audiences have grown everywhere uh, and it doesn't really matter now whether it's Delhi, Bombay or uh, uh, Bangalore. No, any yeah. city, any city is sort of prepared for, or you know, good, good engaged with comedy. Yeah, yeah, once could stand up. Yeah. So yeah, you don't tell this, then tell the guy, the comedian, to just change the order or whatever it is. Just this joke is not working. Whatever you don't advise that the act is theirs, the viewing part is yours. Um, some, I think it, it works differently with different, com uh, you know, different comedians. So I've kind of had okay. different relationships with different comedians where maybe I'll contribute more on the editorial, uh, uh, from the post standpoint, maybe I'll contribute more on the, uh, on the pre standpoint. Um, but for, for the most part, you know, as my job and the way I look at myself is I'm there to service, uh, the comedian's vision. And all right. the musicians' vision. I'm there to service, you know, that. So I'm trying to understand that the best I can, uh, and then be able to, you know, present that in a way that's exciting or you know, new or is larger than life, or you know. And uh, with my kind of storytelling, then comes into the set design and you know how we shoot it, why we're shooting it, right. what, what certain angles do we want, and you know, those kind of kind of the language, the grammar of shooting. Um, so those kind of things is where my sort of, you know, more emphasis comes. Um, but again, it's like, you know, I've, all these guys are so different. They have such different personalities. They have such, such different uh, uh, styles that you work with them differently. And, you know, I'm, I've, been, I've been blessed to be able to work with all of them because I'm also able to understand who they are and make them tick. And then, you know, maybe uh, work with them in that way to be able to help them shape their thing. So it's always been sort of that kind of a relationship. Exactly. But now, yeah. now uh, if, and I hope this doesn't happen, but if the jokes are not landing on the special day, just for some unfortunate reason, jokes are not landing, audience is not laughing. So what, da, what, the, what is the precaution matter, um, precaution matter in this one? Of course, you have the second special. But still, so third special, has there any been chance you have shot third one? Uh, I have never shot a third one, no. I have, uh, we've, uh, all these specials that we've shot, we've always shot two. Um, right. Mostly they've been shot on the same day. Uh, so that's something that we also try and do is, uh, you know, we, we spend a lot so of minimize time. minimize the cost. Uh, not even minimize the cost. It's also to keep the content fresh, to keep the comedian fresh, to have them kind of, you know, go two days back to back. Certain artists can do it. And uh, if, they, if that's what they want, I mean, in an ideal scenario, I'm sure every artist would want an extra day. Um, right. uh, one is a cost factor. And the second factor is that, you know, uh, it's just from a uh, continuity standpoint, from a shoot standpoint, if you've shot it both in one day, there are less issues, maybe later, less, you know, costume. Okay. Uh, in this one, the hair is slightly different. Uh, in this one, maybe an earring is there or an earring is not there. Uh, in this one, you know, uh, this collar is uh, ulta and this collar is straight. Uh, so these kind of little things, uh, these kind of little things we want to try and avoid. So we try and, you know, do it in one day. And if we are doing it over two days, then, and the only person I think I've done over two days with is uh, Zakir Bhai. And that was on Huxley Single. Right. Actually, single actually it, uh, it was some technical difficulty in the first shot, right? The first one which you shot. 
Uh, actually, I didn't shoot the first one. Um, so he had done a special at, uh, I mean, had sh uh, done a taping at least at, uh, um, I've forgotten the name of the stadium, uh, but it was a yeah, month was before so that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember us, uh, I mean, I remember at least me getting a call saying that, hey, you, you know, are you, is this kind of interesting? And I was like, I've never done this before. Why not? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I've never heard, actually at that point also, I'll be honest, I didn't even, uh, I hadn't heard of Zakir's stand-up stand-up because I'd seen only a couple of those AIB clips and yes, I think that was those the, AIB clips uh, were viral. Yeah, and I had seen the AIB and uh, you know, On Air with AIB, he had a few segments on On Air with AIB which I really loved. Um, but I didn't get a you know, chance to really see him uh, uh, do Perform. his stand-up. Uh, yeah, him, you know, do his, actually, you know. Tell his stories. I I, <laughs> I consider Zakir a storyteller first, more than yes. a comedian. Exactly. Um, He's so. even Hasan Minaj did the same thing. And after seeing Hasan Minaj's thing, I re realized he oh yes, Zakir Khan is not much of like he's a stand-up comic, but he does storytelling in a way which is funnier. I mean, I, I I don't know if it's funnier or not. I mean, it's just different. But uh, but you know, I think what's interesting to note is where, when you've made this comparison is that Hasan Minaj has a lot of visual support for his comedy. So, um, you know, there'll be graphics hmm. in the background. There will be uh, certain camera moves. He will emphasize certain things. He'll do performance bits directly to the camera. Uh, he'll hmm. do steady cam moves with the camera. You know, it's very choreographed in that sense. Uh, and right, Zachary, right. on the other hand, uh, his choreography is his story. Um, the way he tells his stories are so vi visual that you don't need that support. You're kind of with him and you're hanging on to every word because every word you can see in your head. Every, yeah, you know, it's very, uh, every, it's very vivid. It's very clear. Um, it, the, the feelings, the emotions, the spaces, the smells, everything is very clear. So that's a different yeah. kind of art form altogether, um, uh, which is why he's a genius is what <laughs> it's the kind of Yeah, so we had shot uh, uh, some stuff a little bit earlier. Um, there, yeah, there were some technical issues with it, so he couldn't uh, use that material. And so we ended up, um, you know, I was brought on board and, uh, you know, uh, what, I think it was almost like a, a little bit more than a month later or less than a month later, uh, he put on, you know, we put on these two more shows over there. The same audience came back out. There was 5,000 a night, 5,000 a night. So we had 10,000 people, two, two nights. And, uh, uh, you know, it was amazing. It was amazing to kind of see all of that wow. on Yeah, so it was very, uh, very, very cool. And we spent so actually a lot of time special. even, yeah, yeah, really great special. I mean, he, and then we spent about two and a half months cutting it. It took a very long time to cut. Two and a half months cutting it? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, we took two and a half months cutting it. I understand audience gave the ovation, uh, audience gave the standing ovation, but did you have any idea Zahak's uh, single would blow up as much as it has? It is actually kind of number one special still. Yeah, I mean, that's a testament to Zahak's, uh, you know, uh, art and his craft. Uh, he's been, you know, at the top of his game for a bunch of years now and it's just only getting better. I know that, you know, he's worked on a five more specials and five, I think five more ideas for specials and he workshopped them all before the lockdown. And I know that one, he's completely ready with that he's excited that to kind cool. of, you know, uh, be his next. Uh, uh, I'm not sure which one it is, so I, I'm not going to say. Um, okay. uh, and uh, he'll, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to be like, you know, uh, it'll be whatever it is. I mean, 
it's very cool. I mean, we didn't, yeah, I mean, I at least didn't expect Huxley Single to be as big as it became, but uh, it's amazing right. that it did. Yeah. And it's amazing that people saw stand-up to be, you know, presented like this also. I think it was one of the first times that we've seen Indian stand-up kind of being shot in a, in the, I mean, I, I know there have been shows and there's been, you know, uh, there's live shows that happen around the world and, you know, for decades we've had comedians go around and do uh, sketch shows and things like that. Um, right. But I think this new form of comedy, I think that was like a really sort of standout, uh, standout specials for everybody. Exactly, right. On Comicstan, did you advise, like, I've seen this on other reality shows, okay? People, are, the directors are advising the judges to say the remarks like this and that and whatever this. Do you do the same in Comicstan? Does this happen? Or it's completely... Um, so, no, it's, it's pretty much all, like, I want to say like 90% uh, uh, 90% what it is, uh, it's the actual reaction that they give. But we do, we okay. can talk to them, yes. Uh, as in, but we can't actually talk to the uh, judges directly. Uh, and I'm a technical director on that job. So uh, hmm. there's actually uh, a creative head and a showrunner. Um, her name is uh, Preeti uh, Gogia. Preeti Gogia. And yeah, so she is, uh, so she, it's kind of her baby. I, you know, I'm there to help her kind of put this hmm. whole thing together from a, you know, grammar standpoint how it looks the set the lighting uh, sometimes into uh, segments and you know how maybe segments should be shot for comedic purposes or whatever it is but i, I don't think otherwise uh, i don't really get into the content things of things so but we do talk to the like i have i mean i can talk she can talk to the anchors i can talk to the anchors um, right. and those are the only people that while we're taping the show while the show is actually going on and it's a it's the same sort of thing you know there's a live audience the live audience comes they come at maybe around uh, seven o'clock for an eight o'clock taping. Uh, they'll stand, you know, they'll enter, they'll get little voting machines. They come, they sit down. Um, and once they're in and once we start the show, it's like we're running the show. We don't stop. Unless there's a okay. major, major technical issue or, you know, there's, a, uh, there's any other kind of issues or safety issues or anything like that, then we stop and then we say, okay, let's do this. You know, let's, uh, let's, uh, mm -hmm. let's restart. Otherwise, once, right. the, once the live audience is in, we don't, uh, uh, we don't stop. So it's a two-hour show after that point. So our communication wow. with the judges is not really there unless we cut, unless there's a break. Um, and what we end up doing is say they didn't say the right, the, the, the most amount of, I think the 10% um, of us telling judges to do stuff would be, hey, you know, in this round, this line that you said, you know, you didn't say it clearly enough and you ate up your words or, you know, you shouted it and then there was some technical problem with the mic or something like that. Can you say that line again? This is what that line right. was. Do it. Yeah. So we'll do okay, little so things. Normal like stuff. Yeah. 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 Not the complete remarks because it's, I, I went on a dance reality show and uh, I was like very surprised because the director is just saying words into the judge's mouth and he's repeating it. That's, that's all which would happen. Yeah, so so in in a lot of uh, uh, general entertainment shows, they call GC shows, uh, you know, uh, prime time Hindi uh, uh, reality shows. There will be a creative director uh, or an executive creative director. Then there will be a technical director, uh, and then there'll be a scriptwriter and a writer as well. So you know, the, the sometimes the anchors have writers in their ears who are, as you know, the show is going on, as you know. Uh, uh, they want them to say a reaction in a certain way. They'll give them the line exactly in their ear and they will say that. Uh, they right. want the judges to prod certain things. They want the judges to, you know, give bigger reactions. They do all of those things with the judges and, you know, they have 
that infrastructure to kind of support the uh, judges and the uh, singers when they, you know, sorry, the anchors when they're on stage. Mm -hmm. You you ever yeah. deal with standards and practice standards and practices? Absolutely, all the time. Oh yeah. So do they do oh. they advise you to uh, advise you to do cut this or do that and whatever it is? Yeah, usually there are two times or three times that usually that process ends up happening. Um, it happens at your initial stage. So when you're in concept development or in your show flow development, before you even start writing the episodes, um, hmm. uh, uh, you, before you start writing, you know, scripting the, the anchor dialogues and the structure and building or you know, doing a script. Um, we, what we end up doing is like uh, the script will get written, then that will be our second round of uh, S&P. So if there's anything really major, um, they will flag it there. Then finally, when the show is cut, uh, and usually they spend about maybe six months cutting the show. Um, so we usually tape in uh, between September and October, uh, at least the last few years we've been taping between September and October and shooting our finale on, in January. And, uh, um, you know, uh, the, but it releases only in August. So they'll spend wow. six months on, yeah. So, so they'll spend some time, you know, on uh, all of those things. And so those things get addressed in, in the edits. For, uh, so is season three done? No, season three, unfortunately, is on hold till, uh, you know, the pandemic. Unfortunately, all shows yeah. in uh, Bombay are uh, across the country are, you know, temporarily on hold. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. so yeah. now, how does the process work? Does the artist approach you or does the OML, or does OML approach you or Amazon approach you? What, what, what happens? Um, it all works differently. Um, I, I think at this point, because I've, you know, I'm, friends with a lot of these uh, guys and you know we've worked also closely over now many years um, right. <laughs> to approach me directly um, otherwise uh, OML a lot of the time yes OML has you know really championed me over the years so I'm, I'm you know I'm really appreciated for that and mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes Amazon will say uh, hey do this or another company will say hey uh, can you come and do this or hey we want that okay. so it, you know it's kind of like a it's the same thing we get cast uh, I get cast into a role, so I have to do the same things that it takes to get cast into a role, which is study, do homework, research, do a treatment, do a presentation, do uh, some planning, then get into con calls and discussions with people, then work on designs and, you know, uh, ideation and all of that mm -hmm. stuff, then work on con. So it's kind of like you are constantly also pitching yourself. Um, but it's a mixed bag, really. I mean, I've been fortunate enough that, you know, these guys have liked working with me for the last few years. So, um, yeah. now they just call and they, they at least know that they'll, they'll get something maybe, you know, good. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be able to do their, you know, story justice as much as possible and yeah. uh, make sure that everything runs smoothly. Yeah. Well, so far, so good. All of them are very so good. So far, so good. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> now, now, uh, again, thank you. if you get a, a bad, Shitty special. How do you say no? Uh, I've not actually gotten a shitty special. I don't think I've gotten a shitty, shitty special as well. well as yet. Wow. Yeah, I don't think, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've never thought of them as shitty and I don't look at it as... Uh, it's, no, I mean, see, uh, now, if you didn't, don't laugh at the special and it doesn't work for you, would you want to direct it? You know, that's, a, that's another very, very good question. Um, and... You know, because I shot a lot of music uh, and I shot, you know, so many years of, uh, you know, your MTV Unplugged and, your, and uh, the few uh, seasons right. of Coke Studio. Um, oh, Coke Studio is a good thing. 
worked with all kinds of, you know, musicians, all kinds of music, all kinds of genres mm-hmm. of music. Some of them, maybe I don't connect with at all, but, you know, I still try and find something in it which I latch on to, even if I can't find a way of connecting with their actual art. So I will find something else in their uh, piece that, that really speaks to me. And then I will kind of start with that as like my sort of you know, creative um, starting point, my, my uh, start this journey with them and then build around, build around, build around. Right. So, so it's, so it's kind of like, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you, you, you can always find something exciting um, about any of these things. Uh, there's always something exciting. So I, I can't right. really say that I, I like, which is where like, when it comes to their material, yeah, some of them I find funny, some of them I don't find funny, absolutely. Right. But there's a process, you know, we've gone about it in a certain way, we've designed it in a certain way, we've worked on some other things, maybe we've worked on some editorial things, or we, maybe we've shot it uh, on new cameras or on new tech, um, or, you know, we've tried new angles with certain things, and we want to see how that comes. So I find things like that that kind of like keep me excited and keep me kind of uh, engaged with the project and then I you know uh, and I put my love and heart and soul into it right oh great wow great congratulations for this yeah thanks. also uh, <laughs> 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 now the first thing which you did was uh, coke studio right yes. the first big thing yes how how did that work out like how did the entry to coke studio come before that, I, I'm guessing you were an editor and technical director. I saw there was a coked thing which you did on Netflix. Yes. So, I mean, actually I've done, you know, like, uh, if I have, I have, to, I have to rewind a lot to tell the story and it might be really long winded. Uh, so bear with okay. me. Um, yeah, but, it works. Uh, but uh, uh, when I first started out, I think my career, I like when I was in film school, I had made a film and it wasn't very successful. I mean, I kind of messed it up. Uh, you know, kid. And, uh, I mean, I'm in film school, all the time is mess- messing up. Yeah, but that's the idea of it, right? You make those mistakes. So, hmm. uh, so, I mean, so, you know, I didn't do, you know, the best film in the world. And I realized that maybe I was a bad editor. Uh, uh, so let me learn how to edit and, uh, uh, and let me learn how to tell stories in an edit table because that's where it's, you know, really important. Hmm. Um, so the, you know, I would, work as an assistant editor, I would work as an editor, I would work as a uh, previous guy, I would work as a second unit uh, cinematographer, so I would shoot on 16mm film or 35mm film for music videos and things like that. This is in the US. Um, mm-hmm. Or I would, you know, go and work with um, an Academy Award winning uh, documentary filmmaker and I would go and shoot some stuff for them or I would, uh, wow. you know, would have... So all kinds of, or like, you know, Emmy Award winning, like, so very random people and I was you know very young so I was I mean I was in my early 20s so uh, yeah, yeah, 21 I think I was uh, 20 yeah 21 22 hours no I wasn't even 20 sorry I was 21 um, and yeah uh, basically th- that was my kind of film school 2.0 where it was the real world and I was being thrown from different kinds of projects doing different kinds of jobs uh, and you know learning every little bit of the craft as much as I could learn from all of these people, be a sponge, be a sponge, be a sponge. And when I moved to Bombay, I actually, my first job was with um, a cartoon network in Pogo. I used to work at uh, Turner Broadcasting. And okay. I used to do a lot of post-production over there and uh, because I had a background in it and I understood it. 
um, and had worked on a couple of feature films by the time I was 23. I had already worked on, I think, two features. Uh, wow. One which was shortlisted for an Academy Award, which I was an assistant on. Um, and uh, one which was, uh, well, you know, I think went somewhere else. I'm not sure where. I think Toronto or something like that. Nice. And so I took all of these experiences and I was trying to shape it. I was trying to shape it. And, you know, my next thing was to work professionally as an editor, understand India, understand working in Bombay. Um, my very close uh, friend from college, actually, my senior from college, he also happened to live in Bombay. He was the only person I knew in Bombay. He's a really good director. Mm. His name is uh, Nishan Nayak. Um, he was hired to do season two of uh, Pope Studio as a creative director and sort of like oh, the okay. showrunner. So he had brought me on board and I just quit my job. So he had brought me on board to be a segment director. So I would do all the promos behind the scenes. I would do, oh. uh, you know, we would shoot artist profiles and things like that. So season two, may, you know, we were the Madari, the, you know, we're seeing the song being made in front of us. We're hanging out with all those artists. Madari is uh, yours? Was, you written? As in, yeah, all the content for it. All the, oh, wow. uh, the, 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 you know, the stories with them, the behind the scenes, the promos, the profiles, all of that stuff. And uh, the, uh, the show was directed by Nishan Nayak and there was uh, Ashim Sen who was the technical director on, on that season of the, uh, of the show. Sure, yeah. And now, so, you mentioned, as a result uh, of that, yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, so sorry, go ahead. Long yeah. <laughs> Fully long way. No, right. uh, so we ended up, uh, you know, I ended up uh, uh, doing that for a little while and, you know, MTV kind of met me and stuff like that. And uh, one day, you know, my friend Nishant was like, hey, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm having clashes and things like that. You know, I'm having uh, date clashes between shoots and things like that. So, uh, you come in, shoot this uh, book studio episode. Uh, you be the director on the book studio episode. And I was like, I had not done multi-camera uh, professionally. So, it was my first multi-camera job as a director was on Coke Studio. And then, you know, I ended up doing the rest of the episodes for season, season. four. Uh, yeah, season four, I ended up doing the rest of the episodes. And then, you know, obviously developed that relationship with MTV and MTV said, hey, uh, do an MTV unplug with us. Right. Um, so I said, I'd love to. <laughs> um, of course. To send, uh, so broadcast in India. <clears throat> I'm going to give a little history mm. now, randomly. Uh, yeah. Randomly, yeah, random history. Uh, <laughs> so broadcast uh, in like the early 2000s, whenever television came to India, like uh, Indian television wasn't broadcast from India. Uh, okay. The, the satellite dishes and things like that weren't based in India. They were all based outside of India. So either Singapore or Hong Kong. Um, and only in like the late, I think late 90s or the early 2000s did uh, ZTV uh, put up their own dish and they started broadcasting from Delhi or something along those lines. Uh, oh, wow. I mean, Durdashan had, but, but, but Durdashan is public. So private television in India was all broadcast from Singapore or Hong Kong. So people would fly with tapes of all your favorite shows from that time, uh, DigiBeta if they were called, or Betacam SPs or Betacam tapes. Uh, and there were, hmm. these, there were these massive tapes. Each tape would cost, uh, I think, uh, 3,000 rupees, 3,000 to 6,000 rupees each tape. And that'd be one uh, show or one episode, one hour cut tape, yeah, uh, 20 minutes cut tape. And someone would physically fly with those tapes to Hong Kong, physically fly with those tapes to Singapore, and then they would broadcast from there. Oh, wow. so too much, too yeah, much. So, so, so when, yeah, so that was a very different time. So when I joined my, when I joined uh, uh, Cartoon Network and Pogo and uh, you know CNN and HBO, uh, they 
um, they were still doing this practice. This was 2010, and uh, they were still doing this practice. So part of my job was, uh, and I was 24 years old at that time, uh, and already I had a team of I think about eight or ten, um, which is my post-production team, uh, and we were trying to figure out how we could stop doing this. So I think we were one of the first companies in India where we started doing digital file transfers. So we would do our episodes, 30-minute episode of uh, Mad or Epidu, and then we would put it to sync for two days, and it would uh, go into a little folder, uh, like a D-bag kind of folder. There was a technology back then, um, which I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, Astra is what it was called. And it would sync in Hong Kong, and then these guys would be able to download the episode. It would take two days, and this is a 2GB file. Or a 6GB file. Anywhere from 6GB would take two days to upload and down. <laughs> Our internet bandwidth was very slow. But we started doing that. We started doing that regularly. And so we were one of the first people to change over from doing that. Um, uh, you know, from being using tapes and you know that company spending so much money on tapes and things like that. We went to I think before a lot of other people. And so that was kind of my first sort of uh, start. You know, my company was actually pretty, and uh, I started, you know, I built new studios for them, post production studios with when we had moved offices, uh, you know, uh, in Bombay itself. So uh, I had, you know, worked with designers to take a build a uh, high definition uh, post production studio for sound and video, uh, which back then, again, this is 2012, or, you know, it was only two years after that, so about 2012. Mm. Um, so we went from standard desk definition. So I kind of transition. So I'm actually like, I'm, I'm a geek with technology. I love technology. I love gear. Uh, oh, I love me too. Equipment. I was doing engineering before this. And I love trying to figure out how, how. Oh, very cool. Very cool. I mean, I kind of wish I did engineering. And when I, when I went to film school, I thought they would do arts and everything. But by the time I finished film school, I realized that all I learned was chemistry, physics, and uh, engineering. That's pretty much the basics of what I learned because that's all you're dealing with at that time. So, so yeah, so, uh, so that was, that happened. you know, working with kids TV and, you know, working as a, yeah, that happened in my life. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways, I, on that note, I think so. We've chatted a good amount of time and I hope it was good for you. Yeah. Yes, man. Thank you so much for having me, and it was uh, you know a real pleasure coming and chatting with you. Uh, I thank you so you much. A chance to edit most of this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's no there's no rambling. Please don't call me sir. Uh, my name is Anshuman. I am not that old also. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, but I really appreciate. It. And I really you know I'm I'm glad there are fans of uh, stand up comedy. I'm glad there are people oh, big time. interested in learning a little bit about the craft of. Uh, I also wanted to tell you. And I hope that you know more and more people do. And I, uh, most interesting person drops on 29th, right? Uh, yes, most interesting person drops on the 29th of uh, uh, of May. This month. Yeah. All the best, sir. Yes. Thank you so much for being this here. This month. Yes. Thank. You.